Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Let's get into God's Word. Turn to the book of John. And we're going to go to John chapter 15. Thank you. John chapter 15. I'm going to preach to you this powerful word. And um, at the completion, we are going to break down our sanctuary and put away all our chairs and get ready for the very elegant women's Christmas tea. Hallelujah. John 17, uh, John 15, pardon me, verse 1. Are you ready? All right, good. Uh, I'm going to interrupt myself. Um, precious lady, uh, about eight rows back in the white with the long brown hair, would you just wave at me for a moment? Okay, I have a word for you, a really clear word. The Lord says, my daughter, over the past uh, season, prior to this new thing that I've been doing in your life, over the past seasons, it was like you would run into a wall, constant opposition, constant challenges, discouragement, and really things that cause you to be um, deeply discouraged in a way of almost robbing you of all hope. But the Lord came through, and He called you by name, and He brought you out. And what you're now moving into is a place of renewed um, revelation of your identity in Christ. That, that revelation of your identity is releasing a boldness in prayer and I looked up and I heard the Lord say, tell her that all her prayers are being answered. Tell her that I'm moving on her behalf. And I see the Lord has like hemmed you in. And there's even, there's even an angel that's alongside you to minister to you. I see God using you and bringing healing. Restoration will mark all of 2020. And it's such an incredible way. In every area of your life, there'll be restoration, signs and wonders. And you will dance and even sing for the glory of God, all that he's done. God has heard your prayer, and he's even sent ministering spirits to help you and to encourage you. So I give you that word from the Lord. You receive it? Wonderful. Praise God. John chapter 15. Yeah, go ahead and give God a hand clap of praise. Verse 1. I am the vine, New King James. And my father is a vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Hallelujah. That it may be, that it may bear more fruit. Verse 3. You are already clean because of the word of which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you. Unless you abide in me. I am the vine, verse 5, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. I think we should probably read that together. For without me you can do nothing. It would be nada in Spanish. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them up and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Whoa. 
by this my Father is glorified, that you may bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. Verse 9. As the Father loved me, I, I also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. I no longer call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit, and that fruit should remain. And whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. Father, thank you for what you've done today what you'll do now in the moments that remain in this beautiful service here at King's, those online, those gathered here together in this great church. Pour out your spirit. May we never be the same. Release revelation and living understanding. Speak to us. Give us hearts to respond. In the name of Jesus, amen. You, you may be seated. Jesus is teaching in the upper room, and he has uh, dealt with fears associated with him leaving. He's, he's going to leave, and he's sharing with them that they're going to do greater works than, than he did, but they're not going to be left alone, for he's going to send the Holy Spirit. I have to say once again that uh, I'm amazed at the passing of Reinhard Bunke, it's just to me as another marker of a step closer, if you will, to the return of Jesus. He's a man who I have respected for many years and had the privilege of meeting him. And what I loved about his ministry was it was the power of the Holy Spirit so emphasized his preaching. He didn't just preach salvation. He preached salvation, healing, deliverance. He preached miracle signs and wonders and he was used in a way that no man in history has been used. In actual fact, that can be substantiated. 77 million souls led to Jesus by him and his ministry alone. That's outstanding. I mean, it is, it is biblical proportions. In one meeting, one million souls brought to Christ. That had never happened up until that point. He had the, the largest service, I think, was 3.6 or 3.7 million people in one service. That's the service that a million people got saved in. As I talked with him a number of years ago, he talked about how he would be on the platform and the power of the Holy Spirit would come upon him. His humility was, he was truly a humble man. And you hear about how he got saved and the story of the salvation coming to his home. And I think it was his, it was his grandfather had some horrible disease in some town in Germany. And, and uh, 
an Assembly of God missionary came to that town and wanted to witness, and uh, nobody had wanted to listen to him. So the Assembly of God missionary said to this man, is there anybody in town that has a hopeless case, that, that, that is totally hopeless, that nobody can help him? He said, yeah, there is, the Bonky family. So he went down to the Bonky family and he knocked on the door and he could hear the moans and the groanings. And I, I read this in the biography, it's called Fire. You could hear the groans and moanings of, uh, I believe it's his grandfather. And um, it might be his father though, so please forgive me if, it, if I have that correct, needs to be corrected. So the, the Assembly of God missionary knocked on the door, they let him in, he prayed and this man was miraculously healed. When he was miraculously healed, he gave his life to Jesus. His whole family gave his life to Jesus. Then they all got baptized on the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And at that point, the entire town began to be witnessed to, and revival came to that town. They don't even know the missionary's name. Reinhard Bonnke grew up in that family. His mother was full of faith and full of power. And his father was off into the, into the uh, World War II. And... They, in fact, the town that he grew up in no longer exists. It was totally wiped off the planet. And it's a story about how the power of the Holy Spirit came upon this young, young man, just a boy, just a boy, and how God would visit him and how God spoke to him that, uh, that uh, Africa shall be saved. And that was the cry of his heart. And he gave all that he was to see Africa saved. And that's where all these millions of souls, most of them have come from. And so he's gone on to be with Jesus and his ministry carries on. And as I met with him all those years ago in that room with about 100 other pastors and asked him to lay hands on me, which wasn't exactly happening, but I don't really care. Listen, there's impartation. There's impartation that'll happen that doesn't happen any other way. And I, I know that... The, in my life, in the, in the life of my wife and I, my family, there has been more than has happened to us in altars with hands being laid on us that I've heard through my natural hearing. I mean, you need to hear the word. Your faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I believe in anointed messages that touch and change us. Amen. Praise God. But there is impartation. It is, a, it is a, an elementary teaching about the impartation, the power of the Holy Spirit, of the laying on of hands. And uh, don't underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm praying for His activity to increase in your life. And Jesus in this text is preparing them for their mission. And this passage is profound to me because it asks us some questions about ourselves. And I think one of the questions it would ask is, uh, are, are you bearing fruit? Are you bearing fruit? Uh-huh. And uh, what kind of fruit are you bearing? It's God's intention for us to produce fruit, but not just to produce fruit. It's on God's intention for us to produce more fruit. This text talks about Jesus being the true vine, the Father being the vine dresser there in verse 1, or the gardener is another way to say that. Jesus and the Father, they're tied together. And the vine exists, if you'll look, to, to bear forth fruit. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit is taken away. 
the purpose of the vine, the purpose of your relationship with Jesus is to bear forth fruit. Well, I thought it was salvation. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fruit. But he leaves us here to bear forth fruit. I was looking for a message title for this, and I decided to, to call it, Don't Be a Fruitcake. I was in Costco, and uh, I, I was, I was, uh, yeah, I was like walking on about five foot of air with my, my bride as they were shopping for this massive tea, Christmas tea that's tomorrow for all the women. I don't know, the men have to have something. What are we going to have, like, Christmas coffee or something? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Figgy pudding fest or something. I, I don't know. I, anyway, anyway, as I was walking down the aisles, I looked and I looked to my left and there it was. Fruitcake. I despise Christmas fruitcake. Unlike some people here. Maybe you love, you know, I think I might just need to taste a good one. Because I think I might have cracked one of my teeth on a bad, a bad piece of dried fruit and some nasty fruitcake a number of years ago. I love most sweet things. I enjoy them greatly. But fruitcake, not so much. And I've known people that have been, in the derogatory sense, like a spiritual fruitcake. So they say they love God, but the fruit in their life doesn't show that they love God. They say that they worship him, but the act of worship when no one's looking is, is, is not worship at all. And there's no examination. There's, there, there's, you know, you say, are you a fruit inspector? Well, sure. Yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, fruit inspectors. You're supposed to be fruit inspectors. You should inspect your own life. The fruit, what's the fruit that's coming forth from your life? You know, I had somebody tell me a number of years ago, they said, you know something? Nobody likes me. I've got no friends. Nobody wants to be a part of anything I'm doing. And, you know, everybody was afraid of telling this person what the truth was. So mean, mean, ornery, angry, bitter. Who would want to be with you? So, I mean, as, as, they, were, as they were talking to me, telling me nobody wants to, you know, I don't have any friends, and they're all messed up, all these people that don't want to. I said, I gotta, listen, how long has that been happening? Long time. I said, I got some news for you. I'm going to tell you this as gently as I can. They're not the problem. What do you mean? I said, well, look, I'm, you're from the East Coast. I'm from the East Coast. I'm just going to tell you. You're pretty aggressive, man. There's nobody here. There's nobody in this room. In fact, they're dead, so that'll just help you. So you're pretty aggressive. And, and you can be mean. I can be mean. You can be mean. I said, no, come on. Okay, we can all be mean. I said, no, and you're a little wild. I'm wild. You're wild, they said. I said, yeah, it's different. People are scared that you're going to attack them because you've done that before. When? One, two, three, four, five, six examples you're like, yeah, but that's not what happened. I said, okay, but you have a history of that. You need healing. You need healing. Don't be 
a spiritual fruitcake. So the vine exists to bear forth fruit, and dead branches are cut off. Verse 2. You know, you don't hear any too, too many songs about this, uh, Brother Toby. You know, you don't hear too many songs about, Prune me, Jesus. Take out your loppers and just prune me, prune me. Hey, just lay those loppers and prune me, Lord. Yeah, you don't hear that too much, but that's exactly what God's doing because he loves you. So if you're experiencing pain and circumstances, it could be the, the vine dresser has put some loppers up on your life to help you out. God, good branches, good branches get pruned. We're to remain in Jesus. We're to remain in Jesus. You can't bear fruit without Jesus. Without Christ, you're not going to bear fruit. In fact, I had you repeat it. Apart from me, where is it? Verse 5, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Much fruit. That's not little fruit, that's much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Now here's the thing. All kinds of people do all kinds of stuff and actually think it's something. But according to God's design and God's analysis of what's being done, it's nothing if it's not done with Him. Because, because all that we do, if it's not for the Lord and through Him and from Him, actually, it's not a, it doesn't mean anything. Oh, it might be a lot of money. It might be clothes. It might be relationships. It might be cars. It might be fame. It might be fortune. It might be all kinds of stuff like that. But in the end, nada. Zilch. Zero. Everybody say without him, it's a zero. Yeah, it's a zero. So relationship with Jesus is, is vital for life. It's, it's vital for actually producing what real life is. Remaining in Jesus is basically having his word at work in our lives in an ongoing way. Day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out, his word at work, relating with him, talking with him. You know, I have a great marriage, and I know that because my wife told me. I personally think it's great. I think it's great, but I understand that men don't always see things the way that women do. So if you want to find out if your marriage is great, ask your wife, no matter what you think, because you, sir, might not see it correctly. We operate on different points systems. You know what I'm talking about? For instance, uh, last night, my, my wife got a tickle in her throat, and she, she, she went to bed before I did, and so she, she's sleeping. I get in. She gets a tickle in her throat. She starts coughing. I had just put away my, my notes and my study for the night, and I hear her coughing, and she's, you know, those trigger coughs. It's just like you got to sit up and you got to do something. We, we learned some things. It, it's taken me into my, into, like, till I was 40 something to figure it out. Hot, hot herbal tea will melt that tickle in your throat and it'll just help you. We've got certain, she's like the medicine woman, the Bracken medicine woman over here. She helps us, all kinds of stuff. So anyway, she starts coughing. And I said, she goes, I, I need tea. And she was kind of talking to herself because she thinks I'm sleeping. I said, Oh, do you want me to get it? She's like, Oh. So I'm up. My, my, I am up. I'm out. She goes, real hot water. I had just boiled the water for myself. She didn't know that. So I, that water was piping hot. Within less than two minutes, I had poured a cup of vanilla chamomile tea. I was back up the stairs and be like, what the hot? 
And, and as I handed it to her, she's like, oh, 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 oh. And as I handed it to her, and it's pitch black, and I turned the lights on, and I let her hand find the handle, and I walked away like, yeah. And I'm figuring at least 1,500 points right there. You know what I'm talking about? You know, does anybody know what I'm saying? Men have a different pointing system. When I said to her as I came up, I said, I got some points right there. I know I got some points right there. Of course, on the, on the, on the women's scale, that's more like 100 points. Some of you are still in the red. You, get, you need to get to work. I, I, can, I sense some comfort needing in some of the marriages. Wouldn't you just lift your hands for a second? Come on, just lift your hands and let the Lord touch you. Oh. Abiding in Jesus is, is relationship with him. My wife's main love language is acts of service. I know that. Mostly. Sometimes I forget. But when I, when I pour into her and I, and I serve her and I, I bring the tea. And I do the things that are honorable. I help lift the load. She is just, she's winking at me. She's just a lot happier. She's walking around. I even see, she skips a little bit and her hand goes out. I don't know if you've ever seen Pastor Karen. She walks with her hand. When she's walking... When she walks with her hand like that, then I'm going to tell you, that's because I've been around. Hallelujah. That's what's happening. Hey! <laughs> it's relationship. So if you don't pour into your wife, you don't pour into your husband, you don't pour into your kids, you don't pour into grandma or grandpa, then what do you, you actually think you're going to have a healthy relationship? Abiding and remaining in Jesus is paying attention to what's important to him. You know, he has a love language. You know what it is? Obey his word. That's his love language. Obey his word. And when you obey him and you walk in him, then he'll just, it just gets sweeter. How's that go, Minister Ava? Sweet or something. I hear some hymn somewhere. Just a closer walk with Jesus. Okay. I've got my, I've preached my voice out this morning. God wants you to abide in him. Relationship with real life is dependent upon that relationship with Jesus. So if you want real life, the real thing, has nothing to do with Coca-Cola and has everything to do with Jesus. And if you'll walk with him, that real life will just flow from you. Having his word at work. It also means answered prayer. It's a result of remaining in Jesus. If you don't have answered prayer, then you need to check your relationship with the Lord. If you don't have continual answer to prayer, you have to examine yourself and see what's going on. Are you living right? Are you living holy? Are you abiding him? Are you obeying his word? Answered prayer is a byproduct of walking with the Lord. It's just what happens. And if you're doing all of those things and you're not praying, that could be the other reason you don't have answered prayers because you don't pray. We're to remain in Jesus' love, motivated by his love. We're to obey him, live for him. God wants to make us joyful. That, that's a news flash for some folks. Wow, joy. J-O-Y. Why? 
My, my, my. God wants you to have joy. You know the Lord is joyful. Verse 11, these things I've spoken to you that my joy, my, this is the Lord saying, this is the Lord speaking, my joy. Do you know that the Lord, that God experiences emotions? Joy. He's got joy. J-O-Y, the joy, the my joy, his joy. I experienced that. Does anybody else experience the joy of the Lord? That my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. That's not half full. That's not empty. That's full. That's complete joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength, says Nehemiah. Let, let that sink in. Meditate on that. That God has joy and he wants you to have it and he wants your joy to be full. Jesus defines love as self-sacrifice right here in the text. You love one another as I've loved you. Greater love, here it is, verse 13, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. He's defining love. Defining love. If we read 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and read through it, <laughs> it's a very convicting passage. Because we say, I love you all the time, but don't have the fruit of 1 Corinthians 13. And, and most, people, most people aren't willing to lay down their lives one for another. But that's what love is. How do I know what love is? That one man laid down his life for another. How do you know that Jesus loves you? He died for you. Wow. Look at verse 15. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is, whom but I call you friends. Wow. Come on, say, I'm a friend of God. I'm a friend of God. And then be, being a friend of him, of his. Now, again, there's, there's abiding and remaining and, and, and walking with him, talking with him, obeying his word. You become his friend. In being his friend, he releases revelation. Now, do you, do you need revelation? Say, yes, I need revelation. Yeah, you do. A spirit of wisdom and revelation. Revelation is yours for the taking if you'll understand that it's a promise based on, on John 15. The privilege of revelation from him. We need, you know, God gives us revelation regularly concerning our building project. God gives us, God gives me revelation all the time regarding my family, regarding Regarding my marriage, regarding my kids, regarding finances, regarding the church. We are dependent upon, yes, God's word. And then this relationship of abiding with him and him leading us in revelation. God revealing things to you that you would not know unless he showed you. That's what revelation is. So what you need revelation. Do you know that you can ask for that? But if you're not doing the whole front part of it, don't expect to get much revelation. If you're not faithful with what God wants you to be faithful with, then it's going to undermine. How many of you know that my relationship, I, I 22 years with Karen, I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> 22 years married, and I'm proud of myself because I made the, own, I made the plans, and you didn't have to remind me. Come on. I'm growing up. Amen. I got on the phone. I made the reservation. I know some of you think like, really? Is he really saying that? Yeah, all you guys totally know what I'm talking about. 
You're like, oh no, I do that all the time. You do not. When you, when you live in this abiding walk with Jesus, it becomes this incredible love relationship with God, and he leads you. He wants to help you. No, 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 go left, 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 okay. And then, boom, you find yourself walking to this new set of circumstances and the blessings of God. Most people don't live by revelation. I want to tell you it's yours. It's yours. It's a promise right from John 15. My goodness. We're God's friend. Hallelujah. Jesus shares with us a summary of what bearing fruit is. It's heeding his call. It's one of the aspects of bearing fruit. Greater love is no man than this. I call you friends. Verse 14. Look at verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. This is, this is a life scripture for me. When I think about that, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming to me. If it's okay, Minister Michael, would you please, keys? It's overwhelming to me that, that he, he called me. He chose me. I wouldn't choose me. Hey. Well, he's like, you know, that's right. But I know he's talking about himself. The truth is, all of us, when you come, you know, is anybody, when you were a kid, you had teams come together and, you know, you're going to play whatever you're going to play, uh, you know, I don't know, dodgeball or some game, you know, and everybody lines up and you got all the little the little guys and the bigger kids and, you know, you, you've got two captains. I'm, for, for whatever reason, I don't really remember being a captain. I remember being one of the littler guys. And my older brothers are there and we're down at the park. And it's just like, oh, I hope he picks me. He picks me. Always pick me. And, you know, you're there and you're like. <laughs> and the first, the, the, you know, the first one they're going to pick, they're going to look out and they see the biggest, fastest, best athlete. Oh, you, I'll take you. Okay. If you were picked first, you're like, yeah, wow, that, he's got it going on. And then, you know, second pick was a big deal. And I remember having my heart broke for, for not, for like, okay, Danny, come on. It'll be all right. You know, and you feel like, oh. isn't it amazing that he picked you? Is it not amazing to you? It's amazing to me that God, God who, who looks out, on all of creation, sees you, and he says, oh, oh, oh I, I want you. He sees you, he sees the likes of you, he sees all that you're going through, he sees the difficulty and the pain and the turmoil. He sees it, maybe generations of iniquity, he sees past all of that, and he calls you by name. He calls you by name, he looks out with his eyes, the flame of fire, and he sees you and he says, John, Andrew, Susan, Elizabeth, come, Karen, come. I'm calling you. I've chosen you to be chosen. Come on, someone say, I'm chosen. Not to be chosen. Then you're appointed. What does that mean? It's a legal term. Appointed. 
A president would appoint people in his cabinet, perhaps, not an elected position. They're appointed. You have not only been called, chosen, you've been appointed according to this text. God appoints us. He gives us the legal right. He gives us an appointment from heaven. He appoints me. I am appointed. I've been chosen. I've been selected. I've been appointed. Why? To bear forth fruit. To bear forth fruit that there remains. That the king of the universe, the God of all creation, would look down and see me, would see you and say, Oh yeah, I've called you. And I am now appointing you. To be appointed means actually you have the power behind whatever the appointment is. So when the president would appoint somebody, they have the power of the president's decision to appoint them. They're probably given a budget. They're given some business cards. They're given authority to maybe make a staff and so on and so forth. When God appoints you, He doesn't appoint you with lint in your pocket. He gives you the power of the Holy Spirit, which He begins to talk about, the power of the Holy Ghost. So God calls you, and then He appoints you. He gives you a, he gives you a calling card, which is His power. He writes your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. He anoints you. He puts the same Spirit that He put upon His Son to raise Him from the dead. He puts it upon you to bear forth fruit, and fruit that remains. He's... I'm appointed by God. I'm chosen by God. I have preached myself happy right now. I am appointed. Oh, the power of heaven's behind me. I've got authority. Hallelujah. I'm called by God. Oh, I'm appointed. I'm a man on assignment. You're a man on assignment. You're a woman on assignment. You've been chosen. You've been selected. You have. Yes, you have. This is your hour. This is the time. This is the season. Oh, called and appointed ones. Mm. Whoa. Lift your hands to heaven. It's a personal word for us tonight. We are made to bear forth fruit. We're made to be fruit inspectors too. First of all, in our own lives. How can we be effective in bearing forth fruit? Well, God will prune us. You want to be more effective? Raise your hand if you want to do more for Jesus. Good, get ready if you get pruned. His word will prune you. We had a good pruning word this morning. You read it, the meat of the word. Somebody said, somebody said to me in their ignorance, Val, I'm not getting any meat. I said, what do you mean you're not getting? I'm not getting fed here. I said, oh, that's on you, homie. That ain't on me. That's, you. That's, that, that's on you. That's not on me. You ain't getting fed here. There's something seriously wrong with your, your eating. Maybe you have cotton in your ears. The truth is, is that your feeding, the meat of the word comes by you spending time in God's word, you hearing the word of God and being convicted and then being changed, being changed. The meat of God's word is that which confronts you over your, your lack of fruit, that which confronts you over your own personal holiness or the lack thereof. The meat of God's word is that which comes in. It comes in, it hits you and you're like, ooh, ooh. Okay, Lord. And then you eat that thing and then you move forward and become more like Jesus. That's the meat of God's Word. That's, that, that's the meat of God's Word. It's up to you. 
It's up to you. If this is the only feeding you get all week, you're probably malnutrition. Probably got malnutrition, spiritually speaking. Discipleship prunes us. Be open to being pruned. Remain in God. I think that's continually seeking Him. Get in prayer. Get in our prayer times. Six to seven, seven to eight. A lot of prayer times. In the morning. You say, well, I can't be there. Well, develop your own. Set a time. Set a time when you meet with God. Get in the Word. Talk to Him. Let Him talk to you. Spend time in worship. Remain in Him. Continually seeking Him, making that your top priority. What is your top priority? Your top priority is to seek the Lord. Out of that, out of seeking first His kingdom and His righteousness, He adds all things. Oh, I'm, I'm done going from, you know, pillar to post to try to get satisfied. I found out a long time ago. I found out a long time ago that, that money, fame, all those things, they don't satisfy. They, they don't satisfy. If they did, then you wouldn't find people taking their lives. You wouldn't find people that have all the fame and all the fortune living lives of debauchery and, and finding them, you know, over, you know, at 21 and 22 years old, going from serial marriage, marriage after marriage after marriage after marriage, and being up on drugs, and millions of dollars, and all the fame, and all the beauty, and all the accolades, and all the awards, and Emmys, and so on and so forth, and our lives are completely distraught, filled with pain. That's not the life that God has for you. No, God's chosen you. God's appointed you for real life, but it comes out of abiding with Him. You got to remain in Him. You got to seek Him. Holiness. Holiness is a real thing. And then lastly, the Lord's teaching me to love. And I would venture to say, He's teaching you too. Somebody was paying my wife and I a a real, a real honor and blessing. They said, we just, you're just so loving. And, and the truth is, it's easy to love people that are loving. Loving the unlovable, that's when you know if you really have the love of God in you. Turning the other cheek, and then the other cheek, and then the other cheek, and then the other cheek. Then you're out of cheeks, and then you still love them. Going the extra mile. Come on, lift your hands to heaven all across this place. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.